I'm Judy Greenspan. I use pronouns they, them. I am, uh, oh, I am a member of the International Action Center. Um, I'm also uh, a member of Workers World Party. I'm an Oakland public teacher. I teach at a middle school in Oakland and I am a union rep for with the Oakland Education Association. Uh, representing uh, substitute teachers in the district. Wow. I have a very long-standing involvement in anti-war, anti-imperialist, really, I mean, anti-racist. It's you sort of run, run, running the gamut of the many different struggles for many different decades. And uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge tackling and trying to rebuild a new anti-war movement around the issue of, you know, back to the streets, say no to U.S. wars, particularly say no to U.S.-NATO war in the Ukraine. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm up for it. I'm up that for it. That is awesome. Uh, it's Welcome to Crowdsourcing <laughs> the Revolution. Today is October 13th, 2022. This is a very special episode of Crowdsourcing the Revolution. Today we have with us Judy Greenspan, and I'm going to let her introduce herself in a moment. One of the reasons why we're going to be ha uh, why why I wanted to talk to Judy is she's helping organize um, an anti-war. Would you call it a protest? An action? What's the what's the word? It, it's a it's a pro, it's a it's a protest action uh, in conjunction with a call for uh, anti-war actions all across, really internationally. Uh, protesting U.S.-NATO wars all over, but particularly focusing on U.S.-NATO involvement in Eastern Europe, and particularly the Ukraine. Well, that is fabulous summary of what is going to be happening for the next week or so, um, kind of mm -hmm. being coordinated right. by the United National Anti-War Coalition, yeah? Co mm -hmm. UNAC, United National Anti-War Coalition. All right. Well, why don't you introduce yourself, Judy, to the folks? Okay. Okay. So um, my name is Judy Greenspan. I use pronouns they, them. And I use them they, them because I am gender non-binary and I don't use either uh, she, her, or he, him, or any of the other. And so that's, I prefer to be referred to as they, them. I am uh, a member of the International Action Center, have been for many, many years. I'm also a member of Workers World Party have also been in Workers World Party for many years, many decades. Uh, I am an Oakland public school teacher, a member of the Oakland Education Association. I'm teaching uh, in a middle school, public middle school in Oakland. And I am the uh, chair of the Substitute Teacher Caucus in the union, as well as a rep for the substitute teachers. I have been involved in building many anti-war movements dating back to the early days of the anti-Vietnam War movement. And uh, if we think it was hard now, it was very hard then, trying to build an anti-war movement and also involved in many uh, anti-racist, uh, pro-immigrant, uh, anti-LGBTQ plus oppression uh, um, struggles throughout the years. I cannot, I can, I cannot say enough about that is super impressive and a few things um, come to mind question wise. 
I'm curious about the World Workers Party. I'm curious to Workers, Workers World, World uh -huh. Party. Thank you, Workers World Party. Yes, it's okay. Um, I'm, can you tell I'm brand new learning these things? I want other people to learn them too. Because it's okay. I, it's very it's okay. <laughs> it's not, and 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 I I, I want to hear more about what's happening on Saturday and kind of. Can you show me kind of the, because mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. one of the conversations that keeps coming up in, in rooms on here on call-in is, is people want to take some action. People want to do stuff. People don't know where to go. And, mm -hmm. and so, so coordinating right. across the whole country through this coalition. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Right. Sure, I can. Um, there are going to be over 60 actions this coming week from, I think, probably starting today through, or maybe starting the 15th through the 22nd, uh, opposing U.S. wars, specifically really hitting hard on uh, U.S. war in Eastern Europe, uh, NATO. Um, so part of, so let me just, uh, I'm just going to read you something, uh, you know, so while the U.S. pours more weapons into the proxy war in the Ukraine, holding open the possibility of direct confrontation with nuclear-armed Russia, the war fanatics in Washington seem determined to start even more fires around the world. So the U.S. continues to bolster the reactionary Duarte regime in the Philippines the repress and the repressive Haitian government. Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan hints that the U.S. may be moving towards confrontation with China. And then there are reports that new U.S.-South Korea war games will, uh, you know, will practice a decapitation strike against the North DPRK. And so these are things that are happening that you're not going to hear about on uh, NPR. You're, unfortunately, some of them you're not even going to hear about on Democracy Now! This is the truth that the U.S. and NATO are just really going hog wild in terms of uh, in terms of war moves, in terms of provocations, in terms of in terms of uh, crippling sanctions against developing countries, uh, sanctions against uh, Russia, China, Cuba, Venezuela, and about uh, 26 other countries. Anybody who does not agree with U.S. and NATO gets sanctions, which we think is a form of war. So uh, the demand is also because we believe that these war provocations around the world are really to distract us from the war at home. And that there is a war right now happening at home against black and Latinx and indigenous communities. And also of course, against women and trans youth and the entire LGBTQI community. So part of the demonstration, the demonstrations that we're organizing is demanding billions for housing, healthcare, jobs, and climate, not for the Pentagon. No to NATO, no to, uh, the U.S. right now is busy uh, bolstering AFRICOM in, in uh, Africa, which is oppressive to all of the developing uh, regimes in Africa. So no to all U.S. wars against working people at home and abroad. That's sort of part of the general call of it. And you can go to, if you go to the, the website of the United National Anti-War Coalition, you can uh, get flyers. You can find out other places around the around the country where there are protests. In the Bay Area, we have one protest going, and that's this Saturday, October fifteenth, at twelve noon, at the Federal Building in Oakland, thirteen oh one Clay Street. 
And we have a, a large number of uh, endorsers. We're still looking for endorsers. We're going to basically have a, a rally and speak out in front of the federal building. And again, the theme is back to the streets, say no to U.S. wars. Um, I think, yeah, I probably have gone on. No, no, I think that's, yeah. no, I think that's great. It's a, it starts at noon here in Oakland. It starts at and noon. It'll probably go for about an hour and a half, two hours. We're not, it's not going to march. It's just going to be a rally with okay. speakers. Okay. Well, that's, I'm, I'm glad I'm going to, I'm going to be making my sign and I'm going to be glad to be coming <laughs> out, coming out on Saturday. Cause this is, I, I said this to, to Jeff, um, who's one of the other organizers um, that, that I was very happy to finally see some action happening. And I know that Oakland has these things happening, but I hadn't run into them since I moved back a little while ago. So I'm excited to come down and, and meet people. And um, I, I'm very happy that, that, there's such a large community of activists that are still doing it. So um, if people want information about uh, actions that are happening in the Bay Area as well as beyond the Bay Area, the, the website is um, www.unacpeace, like the word, you know, peace, you know, UNAC, U-N-A-C, peace.org. And all of the actions you can you can call up all the actions. You can also get slogans. You can get signs. It's not too late if you want to do your own action. We're encouraging uh, you know communities around the country to have their own actions, even if it's only a handful of people standing in front of a military recruiting station, or you know anything in your town, the federal building, anything in your town that you know an oil company, a bank. <laughs> Uh, that that talks about war, you know, that is a symbol for war. Anytime over the next week is when you're trying to focus it, right? Yes, yes. But we wouldn't be, you know, if people couldn't do it, you know, it's the 15th through the 22nd. Those are the the national calls for actions then. But you know what? Hey, if you can't do it until the 29th, anytime. We need, you know, I will be frank with you. And and, um, this is not, it is not a very, it is not a huge anti-war movement. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, misinformation. There's a lot of misunderstanding. There's a lot of uh, sort of ba- uh, bullying about patriotism. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, the U.S. is involved in this war, and, in this war, and you can't, you know, you can't say anything against the U.S. while this is happening. And there's a lot of uh, what what we think is is really pure. Uh, misinformation and, and a lot of it is, you know, uh, the CIA is very active in this uh, in the war in the against the Ukraine with the U.S. and NATO and uh, fostering a lot of this misinformation. So a lot of people are confused. A lot of people don't really see where we can help. I mean, nobody likes war, and the people of the Ukraine are being, you know, painted as. As, as as suffering, and I'm sure they are, but unfortunately in any war, everybody, people suffer, and there are many, you know, I mean, we could take the issue of Palestine and talk about an entire population of people who have suffered, you know, for the past hundred years 
because of the oppression of the U.S. and Britain and the imperialists and the Zionists. So what but what we want to do focus with this demonstration and say the U.S. has no right to be involved. The U.S. created the situation. The Pentagon is making billions of dollars at a time when there's joblessness, homelessness, uh, not enough money for the schools, not enough money for health care. Um, and we need to, to basically say, we need this money here at home. We don't want any more wars for, that the, US, for the U.S. to get involved with. So, um, you know, and I'm just, I'll, I'll, I'm sure you have another question, but I just want to say, for those of us who are a little older, remember about the early days of the war of when the U.S. got involved against the Vietnamese, got involved in the war after the French lost, and then the U.S. started uh, sending advisors and military equipment and basically taking up the colonial war against the revolution that was going on in Vietnam and the, the, against uh, colonial oppression, against imperialism. And it was very, most people in the very beginning of the war, nobody would take a stand against the U.S. Everyone, oh no, the U.S. is so important. The U.S. is there with their military. And and uh, and then at some point, things totally turned around. Part of it was the draft. Part of it was the number of soldiers who died. You know, part of it was just people waking up. And we're not at that point yet. But no, because we're not sending our soldiers, not at least in a way that's visible to most people. No, we're not sending the soldiers in a, in a way that's visible to most people. But at the same time, though, <laughs> that we know that the money is the money that could be going to schools, the money that could yeah. be going to the communities is is being sent over. Right. In very, that's, very large amounts. Yeah. And it's I just not, wanna... better, you know, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to I just want to read a comment that Martin had made um, when we were talking about that there were going to be actions across the country. He said across the world, solidarity. Oh yes, Norway. that's right. It is. Yeah, across he's the in world. Norway. So yes, he's in Norway. So you know, we got oh, everybody. Canada, Norway. Want this. Yeah. yeah. There are many many actions taking place this next week. I'm I'm so, so happy and, to yeah. be able to promote it, and this show will be out um, for people to be able to listen to and find out more shortly after we we wrap. I I, I actually have a question for you, Judy. Okay. What, was it was it the Vietnam War that got you started in the activism, or was it something else that sparked it? Uh, I think it was the household I grew up in <laughs> that really okay. sparked my activism. And both my <laughs> parents, both my parents were union organizers, and they were active. You know, the McCarthy era put a damper in a lot of. And so, but once you know, once the McCarthy era sort of lifted, uh, you know, the the late fifties they became active again. And I just, I grew up going to demonstrations. I went to many civil rights demonstrations and uh, the early anti-war demonstrations and women's marches and uh, later uh, pride marches in New York City. So I feel like I cannot remember a time when I wasn't involved in a in struggle for social justice and really for a revolutionary change. In this country, because I really fundamentally believe uh, that 
you, we cannot put band-aids on, uh, on a system that cares more about greed than it does about people's needs. And that we really need to change the entire system that we live under. And that's sort of what I've dedicated, my, tried to dedicate my life uh, to. That's fantastic. So. Derek, do you have a question? What's on your mind? Uh, well, thank you for your efforts, Judy. Um, all of them, you know. Thank you. Sounds like you're a champion. We need, well, we need more champions. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I'm a. I, I just hope. I mean, I would just. I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are involved in different ways. And this is a time when we sort of, rather than just sort of putting one person and say, oh, they're doing so much, everybody needs to come up and do what they can. And I think that we also need to try to figure out a way that we can all unite, you know, find issues that we can come together on and unite on, um, you know, maybe, you know, it's been very, it's very hard in this country for the left to stop fighting, <laughs> for the left to stop, you know, putting each other down and all that. And I think the time is, it's so important right now. There are so many, it's, it's a difficult time. There's not really, this is not the time of, you know, when George Floyd was killed, when there were massive movements in the streets for Black Lives Matter. Uh, people are not going into the streets in, in very large numbers, at least in this country. And I think we really need to, all of us, join forces and figure out a way that we can rebuild the struggle to uh, take down this inhumane, uh, profit-hungry system. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> the the issues concerning Ukraine, um, uh -huh. I haven't uh, I haven't been paying enough attention to what might be going on at the UN. Uh, if if there are any efforts at the United Nations to deal with this in some kind of a way, um, I, well, you, I'm curious. Well, you got to look at who runs the UN. US and oh, NATO pretty much have the UN in their pocket. And it's not that, yeah. you know, sort of, so the votes that have tried to, that the U.S. and NATO have tried to push through in the Ukraine have been basically, uh, many of the developing nations, most of Africa have refused to sign on to resolutions condemning the Ukraine. But, you know, the U.N., unfortunately, the U.N., for example, has sent, they've sent troops uh, to stop the struggle in Haiti. They've sent troops around the world to, they 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 are at this point are really not on the side of people who are struggling for their liberation and for their freedom. So I don't think, I, I don't think the UN really has a role to play at this point. Um, I think that our job as, as people and people for people who live in the United States is to tie the hands of the war makers and demand that the money be spent for people's needs in this country and for the U S to stop meddling and, and, uh, in in affairs that are all the way around the world, which have you know, you know, uh, it, it, Russia has been so demonized by this whole experience. It's like remi reminds me of the early days of the Iraqi war. Remember when the Iraqis, the um, where uh, when the Iraqi government they said they had all these weapons of mass destruction and that justified oh, yeah. the U.S. going in and bombing you know powder milk factories and destroying the infrastructure of Iran and killing basically a million and a half people, a lot of children. Uh, it's sort of the same, the same thing that's happening. And Russia is just being demonized. And Russia is 
is portrayed as they are the warmongers. They just want war and they just want to kill people. There are some really hard facts that dispute that. And I'm not, I'm not disputing the fact Russia is a capitalist country. It's not a socialist country, right? Um, I don't believe it's an imperialist country. And what really points to that is the fact that Russia has six military bases outside of the borders of Russia, only six. And they're not in Hoboken <laughs> or in LA or in Alaska or in Hawaii, they are actually on the border of Russia in countries bordering Russia. The United States has over 1,100 military bases and they are not in Hoboken. They are in, they are in countries all around the world that the US has manipulated some economic and military relationship with. They are in Africa, which the US put in Africa by invading <laughs> countries in Africa. So. Who is the warmonger? Who is the, who is the biggest threat in the world today? It is the United States. It is the United States government, not the people. Because I make a difference between the US government and the people in, in the US. We have to, those of us, particularly those of us who consider ourselves leftists or in the movement, that we have to do whatever we can to stop these wars and to point the finger at who the real, really who unfortunately the real world enemy is. And it is the billionaires, it's the Jeff Bezos, you know, <laughs> Jeff Bezos and, and Elon Musk who are desperately trying to colonize space at the same time that they're oppressing their own workers in this country. <laughs> so bonkers. Um, anyway. I completely agree. Well, would you extend that to pointing the blame at the Democratic and Republican parties? Yes. Yes. The Democrats and Republicans uh, have the same position on the wars. They're all for the war. Biden the other day was like, he was like declaring, you know, he was just basically threatening nuclear war against Russia. And I think he wants to start a war with China. So uh, he's more of a warmonger, <laughs> at least in what he said, than Trump was. So, oh, by yes, far. The Democrats, the Democrats and Republicans are, are in the same boat. They, they, there's no different, very little difference. You know, sometimes a little bit of the language is a little different, but what they really want is the same: is the domination of U.S. Uh, imperialism around the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of uh, Democrats and Republicans. Um, I know how much damage they've done. I know how much damage they're capable of causing. Um, would you recommend that, that we uh, demonstrate against uh, the DNC at the DNC headquarters? Oh, absolutely. Given that they're the party in power right now? Sure. We, we've had met in the Bay Area. We've had many demonstrations at Nancy Pelosi's house. She lives, she lives in uh, Pacific Heights in San Francisco. And we have had many, many demonstrations. We have had demonstrations around uh, her visit to Taiwan around her, you know, refusal to really take a strong anti-war stand and other, other other issues. And this has been a lot of different groups that have been, you know, Code Pink and uh, Black Alliance for Peace and uh, Workers World Party and International Action Center and other community groups, Task Force on the Americas. Many groups have demonstrated outside of whether it be the Democrats or the Republicans. I mean, you know, I mean, the federal building keeps it on the feds and it's a little more visible than going to Nancy Pelosi's apartment, but I don't have an apartment. I don't have a problem with doing that. 
because of the role she's played and the role the Democrats have played. I can't, I can't agree much more. That is, I mean, there's, so one of the things that I really like about being back in the Bay Area is that it, there are a lot, there's a lot of good energy toward pushing against, back against the status quo. And I'm always happy to find people, especially educators, because I think I mentioned when we talked initially that I used to teach high school. Oh, right. and, yes. and I think that um, there's, there, you can take the teacher out of the classroom, but you can't make her stop teaching. <laughs> uh -huh. right. right. It's true, truism for me. But, yes. but you are an example of a human being that, that I aspire to be with the amount of efforts that you have put in. And being, being the kind of mind that I have, I, I just want to know, how do you get through the process of like deciding the text that's on this website for the event? Who designed the poster? How do you coordinate oh, that? that? Poster. It seems like that you're was... lots of different places. Right, I am, but I, I didn't. This was a national poster design. It was designed in New York City by the UNAC staff, and UNAC is a coalition of a lot of different groups. You know, the right. IAC, so that's the, what I'm yeah. asking about: is coordinating across space like that. <laughs> uh -huh. I didn't write it, but and then it came to and, you know. And honestly, I mean, I didn't sweat the. I added a few things to the local leaflet that we put together. Um, I'm not really one for a lot of verbiage. It's way too verbose for me. <laughs> I think, you know, these days people yeah, respond I, better, yeah. respond better mm -hmm. to like a, a graphic on Instagram with a few words than they do for a lengthy leaflet. I'm just, it's all we have. I, I don't, you know, I, I will tell you that I am hoping, and one of the things that the anti-war movement, at least in the Bay Area and probably other places suffers from is a lack of young people. And part of it is maybe some of us can't step aside and we have to, because we're not gonna, this is, you know, uh, some of us have been doing this for decades and it's time for us to be more in an advisory capacity. Yes. I uh, and I would love to, I'd love to be able to reach the point where I could step back and be an advisor and have the young people because they know best how to reach the, you know, the people that the young people today, whether they be millennials or Gen Z or, or even uh, young people in their thirties and forties. And I can't pretend to know. So I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I would really, well, I mean, I, and I have been inspired. There have been young people who have come forward, but I feel like uh, we just, we need more. We need more. And I, and I will tell you for the anti-war movement, we would welcome them with open arms. That's, that's good to know. And, you know, we can probably, you know, I think there's a lot of things that, that will, I kind of feel like this, that call in app can connect people across space and generationally. Mm -hmm. I also was okay. going to push right back against you saying that you would, you that that you want to get out of the way i i think that the younger anti-war people need your mentoring uh-huh they really could use it so i mean that that you have valuable experience that just 
things that you just know because of the experiences you've had mm-hmm. that that by being you know you're a teacher i don't yeah. even need to talk you into it <laughs> i just wanted no, to talk but, you out of I the made, idea made, that you're not needed <laughs> no no i'm just saying in an advisory capacity i yeah, just feel yeah. like um you know there's got to be a there has to be a new generation of activists that that takes over and i'm happy to i'm happy to advise and and also i'll tell you i can't i've made so many person organizing in the 60s i made so many mistakes in terms of you know yeah. wording on flyers and talking to people and all this and that, that's how you learn right? you yeah. got to make mistakes you got to fall on your face you got to make mistakes and you got to pick yourself back up and keep fighting but um yeah and but but i think that one of the biggest things is that we have to figure out a way to build stronger unity between all the groups that are that are opposing the war or opposing, you know, the homelessness or the, you know, uh, or demanding jobs for everyone or working to support the Amazon and Starbucks workers, whatever the struggles are, they're all interconnected. And we have to figure out a way to work together. Because I will tell you, the bosses, the capitalists have, they do have a way to, the bankers work together. The, yeah, they the, do. the generals work together. And certainly the politicians work together. And we haven't quite figured out as a movement how to work together and how to and how to uh, support each other and link the issues and, and make ourselves stronger. So that to me is, is such an important. So, Judy, uh, you consider yourself to be a leftist, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm an independent, and I think that the best way to go forward uh, with all of the issues we need to confront is a a strong alliance with uh, leftists and as many independents and libertarians as possible. Um, I'd prioritize those those two groups Mm -hmm. of people, um, Mm -hmm. obviously trying to get, you know, new voters or and and non-voters. Oh, Um, actually, that's actually not. That's actually not the path that I choose to take. I don't think that yeah. voting. I don't think that voting is something I. I want to bring people. I mean, the theme of this demonstration is back to the streets, and one of the reasons that it's that way is because we feel like the elections have put a damper <clears throat> on activism, and that no no laws in this country have ever been changed, major laws without massive struggle in the streets whether it be whether it be the rebellions of the 60s whether it be the civil rights movement where people were bleeding in the streets whether it be uh the student movement fighting against the war it it has never been it has never been because somebody went a group went to visit a politician and have a meeting okay there you go forget the forget the voting no 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 even if you elect someone you know the whole the whole thing is that, is that the capitalist system is so corrupt and it is so powerful that the most meaningful people get corrupted and 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 sort of forget why why they're there once they're elected. So so but really what we're really talking about is 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 building a massive movement. And and so yeah, I Yeah, that's what I'm talking about like, too. But I wouldn't even use terms like independents or libertarians or leftists. People who want to make dramatic change okay. in the system who believe who believe that we need a system that that 
cares for people's needs. I mean, it's so basic that that cares for people's needs rather than corporate greed. I mean, it really is that we really need a system that is is for the is a system that's really for the people. I, I hear you. I think all kinds of great things could be done at the local level as far as elections go. Um, so I disagree there. Okay. But uh, putting putting aside uh, politicians, uh, the voting process. Yeah. Uh, how would you go about uniting as many people as possible and and getting them on the same side on so many very important issues? Well, what would I be think, a different I mean, strategy? I, because I I think that's the best strategy to get them on the same page in the first place. Well, people have to be willing to meet. People have to be be willing to work together on things, um, and it's slowly happening, but it's not happening in a in a major way. Um, there's just there's a lot of unfortunately there's a lot of sectarianism on the left where people say, "Oh, I know how to do it better," so I don't want to work with this group, and I don't want to work with that group, and I don't want to work with this group. But the fact is, no group in this country has ever led a revolution that I know of. <laughs> And so we still have a lot to learn from each other. Right. So, so how do we get them so, to work together? By talking to people. I mean, by talking <laughs> to people, by, by trying to build coalitions, by inviting people to, to be part of coalitions, to by being involved, yeah. by, by Fair enough. the issues of other groups, what you're organizing, by not just... By being multi-issue, by being, uh, you know, what people call intersectional, which I'm not sure if I like that term that much, but in terms of just uniting all the issues, and by really, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, when when I say end the wars at home and abroad, I am not putting more weight on the wars abroad than I am at the wars at home because there is a war going on in this country against poor people against black, Latinx, indigenous people, against teachers, against students, against the community, against migrants, against the undocumented. You know, you can go on and on against women, <laughs> against people, transgender community, against uh, all people who are trying to fight for reproductive rights. So there's an incredible, these, all of these struggles have to be brought together. One is not more important than the other. And they're all part of, hopefully, part of the whole the larger picture, which again is, is making, I think, revolutionary change. I mean, that's why I'm in Workers' World Party, because we are a revolutionary organization. And by the way, I, before um, Amanda asked if, um, how people can learn about Workers' World, we have a great URL. It's workers.org. Go on the web, type in workers.org, you'll come and you'll get articles and books and classes, and the books are free to download. So you can begin to be part of that discussion also. Also, the IAC, the International Action Center, IAC.org, we're very involved in the international campaign against sanctions. And there's actually a new book coming out that I just made a small contribution to to make sure that it comes out. And there's UNAC. UNEC.org. There's so many different groups uh, that people, there's Black Alliance for Peace. There's so many different groups that people can tap into. So I would say two things. One is, yes, I want unity. But the other thing is, I also just want people to be involved, to do something. And so please, you know, look at, 
look at the groups that are involved and whether it be, and it can be a tenants rights groups group. I mean, there are incredible struggles going on. And the attack on the attack on the unhoused is, is really ramping up even more so than it has been. And I really appreciate it. I was going to say, why don't you show up more often? <laughs> it might be a time factor, <laughs> but I she's can certainly a, try. If you, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm she's still, a middle I'm school teaching. teacher. <laughs> I'm a middle school teacher. I'm, I mean, I'm, I retired uh, having my own class and I retired right before COVID hit and when COVID hit and there was such a shortage of substitute teachers, I went back to work as a substitute teacher. Now I'm back at the school that I retired from and I'm working like 60% time. So that's a lot of work as yeah, long as also with all the political responsibilities that I'm, I'm involved in a, in a local and, and also a national campaign to support the Amazon and Starbucks workers in their fight against union busting and to uh, get Amazon and Starbucks to recognize the unions that the workers are fighting for. Because this incredible nice. struggle that's going on. Yeah, so that's, so that's and not that, you know, unfortunately in the Bay Area, there's not a lot of activity. We organized a picket uh, the other day at one of the Whole Foods stores in San Francisco, because it's about the closest. There's not really an Amazon plant where there's uh, organizing going on in the Bay Area. And Starbucks, there's only been a couple of shops that have unionized. And uh, so, and we don't want to put the workers on the spot by going down there because they're right. some of the worst form of union busting they're they're closing the howard schultz is who's the owner of star the starbucks plants the starbucks stores has been closing starbucks stores rather than recognize unions yeah and so amazon has amazon's been pulling tricks like that too there there's a there's an there's an organizing drive going on uh in albany new york and another amazon right now there's only one amazon facility that's been organized into a union and that's in Staten Island. And there's another one in Albany, New York and uh, the, the, uh, the bosses there, Amazon is so, they're so, they're union busting tactics. We have, a, we have a chant that union busting is disgusting and Amazon just embodies that. So they've been called, they've been having mandatory meetings with all the workers and they're calling them information sessions about joining a union to to not really to to really basically try to uh scare workers away from joining the union is that like so, the the um the birth counseling that that's offered at some places <laughs> for women right. yeah right exactly <laughs> you got it yeah yeah so so okay so yeah I heard about the i could help spread the word about the because I might know some people who, who maybe hang out a little more on social media who wouldn't mind coming to. <laughs> For sure. Um, right. Speaking of questions, add another one. Um, yes. As a as a, a leftist, as a an organizer, as an activist, uh -huh. Uh, uh -huh. you're surrounded by other activists, obviously. Um. So, do you hear any new ideas going on out there? Uh, any unorthodox? approaches that people are bouncing off the wall that sort of thing oh gosh that's such a i'm not sure if, uh, i'd have to really think about that i mean I, I feel like 
people are looking at newer newer ways to do things um, and and somewhat smaller ways and like I said you know trying to using social media more uh, not doing wordy not doing you know not doing wordy flyers like unfortunately we have for this demonstration um, but it doesn't have to be like ideas that you agree with. It could just be ideas that you've heard that maybe you don't even agree with. You know, I'm just curious what's going on out there. Where are you? That you're, no, I'm just teasing. It's a very broad question. I'm not sure I can answer it because if you, I mean, specifically, I mean, people, many people do things differently. I mean, I don't know. So I mean, I think so. Uh, you belong to a bunch of organizations. Let me reformulate it in a way. So you belong to a bunch of organizations, and they probably are all run differently. They've got their own kind of bylaws and traditions and norms and all that. What's right. what's something that that at one of the organizations you wish that everybody that you worked with had in place? Oh gosh! Well, because it just works. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Workers World Party has a number of protocols that are very, very important. I think for keeping the group together, and we actually read, you know, we actually read a protocol on how people should treat each other at a meeting before every meeting. And I think it's oh, good. Wow. I think that's really good practice. So it's just sort of saying, you know, I mean, everything from making sure you don't talk too much to making sure that you you do your best not to misgender people. You do your best not to uh, argue. Right. You know, that happens a lot in meetings. <laughs> you do your best to stay on the agenda. And respect the chair. And I think that actually that's it's a, it's a it's something that I've brought to other groups where a lot of times young people feel that maybe they're not being heard by older people in the meeting, talking about multi-generational meetings, that they're discounted or that, you know, pronouns are really a big deal uh, for, particularly for, for, for younger people that people don't you know people want to want people to respect their pronouns whether it be transgender youth whether it be uh gender non-conforming or gender non-binary um and sometimes people just say in meetings they're very insensitive and they say who cares what what's that and so just having some protocols in place and then there's also the whole issue of social media making sure that you're not putting people down in social media you know when you're when you're in a when you're in a mass organization no one is really going to hold you accountable as to way the way you act on social media but when you are in a a political party it's really important that people support each other because we're that's that's what we have right we we're all we have we have to make sure we know who who we're fighting against that we're not fighting against each other so just simple protocols along along some of those lines, I think, have been very helpful. That's that's uh, a very interesting. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing to kind of read. That the here's here's how we do these meetings, even though it's familiar, like like right. pledge of allegiance at the beginning. It's just and a it's, reminder. It, they're called yeah. guidelines for comradely conduct. I like it. I like yeah. it. 
That's very, that's a very, uh, having run a bunch of meetings myself as an elected official, I can say that that <laughs> probably would have been helpful a couple of times. <laughs> Just a reminder, folks, it's in the bylaws, but here's how this thing works. And yeah, it's supposed bylaws to work. don't really fly. Sometimes you just got to put it in plain language and say, look, this oh, is Oh, no, what... for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So well, we have rules written down. Just go uh -huh. read them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, you got it. Phil, what's on your hey, mind hey. today? Hey, um, yeah, what you were just talking about um, kind of answers part of what I was going to ask with the rules. But um, so I see this issue where, say, you're wanting to build a coalition or you have some really important issue, right, um, that you want to work with a bunch of different people on. And then there's some other uh -huh. issue, and it's another important issue that comes up. And can you speak to any uh, experiences that you've had in organizing where something like that happened and it, it almost felt like it was going to cause a splintering and weaken everyone, but but somehow you all figure out how to just bring everyone back together. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I will tell you that uh, sometimes things happen in the world that break apart coalitions. And so you constantly have to be talking to people and educating them and working with them. And it just depends. In this country, I feel like certain things have been very, very hard and it has a lot to do with sort of the impact of the major media the big business what i call the biz, big business media on the psyche of the people of this country you know we don't have a lot of outlets for more radical analysis and sometimes honestly some of the so-called radical outlets fall in lockstep with what the state department is saying so you could be in the middle of a coalition and then something happens and then everybody sort of it and then the coalition sort of falls apart and you just sometimes then you have to either start from scratch uh or or just work with work with what you have but i don't think you know depending on what the issues are i don't believe that i believe you know let's say you're working on anti-war demonstration and then all of a sudden down the street there is a huge tenant rights struggle and they come to the anti-war coalition, they say, hey, we really need your support. Well, that's, I mean, that's wonderful. That's a great opportunity to tie together the issues. It does not diminish the anti-war struggle. It, 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 that's the war at home, is the, is the attack on, the, on, on tenants. I mean, there's an incredible struggle that's been going on in Philadelphia with a, with a community of, of working people who are losing their homes. So because of the because of the bankers and because of the mortgage, uh, you know, the the mortgage rates and the and inflation and all that. This is just as important as some of the prisoners rights struggles that are going on in that city. And they've tied them all together rather than just say, oh, well, you're on your own because we're busy. We got a more important thing going on here. I think we have to be really clear, you know, particularly, I mean, when we're talking about people's lives and people's survival, that these are really important issues. So I don't know if I totally answered your question, but 
that was a great that was a great response, Phil. Okay. Yeah, totally. Thank you. And it would depend, you know, you can never, you can make broad generalizations, but there's nothing like the real thing that, that gets to you. But I will tell you that I think it's important. It's so important for the anti-war movement in this country to keep its focus on the Pentagon <laughs> and on NATO and on the Western, you know, on the Western imperialist wars that, you know, and not be distracted. So I've got by the, the hype. I've got I've got one more question for you, and then I want to give you a chance, a few minutes to do to do a close. And okay. and I'm just curious: Does do any of the organizations that you've worked with, whether it was the unions or the IAC or UNAC, any of them, that there was some kind of like conflict resolution process in place? Like, so when something came up, there was like, these are the steps that you do with a mediator or whatever, that kind of thing. Mm. That's a great question. I will tell you that um, many, many groups, including Workers World Party, have done a lot of study of like restorative justice and uh you know you call it conflict resolution and it might be you know now it's sort of called restorative justice yeah healing circles you know talking things out and, and stuff like that and i don't think we're the only ones I, i'm sure that other groups have also uh because i mean the fact is that people make all sorts of mistakes we're i mean we live in a we live in a country that is so riddled with racism and xenophobia and homophobia and genderphobia and that we all need we all make mistakes and so we have to have some room you know i mean I, and i'm not talking about a landlord you know evicting a black family right. i'm not you know i'm not right. talking about somebody who has the power but i'm i'm talking about comrades or people who are working together in an organization assuming that there's room for leadership you know because there has to be leadership by you know by uh black and latinx and and people of color in order to make sure that they're the power dynamic is is not just white people you know running the show but um there's definitely has to be room for discussion and for growth and for people learning and um you know one of the comrade in conduct issues is that is that uh you know that white white people will be aware of you know, not being chauvinistic and not being racist and will apologize if they make a mistake. And uh, I think just, it's just, it's just something we have to be really aware of given that, given, given the country that we live in and given the history of racism and genocide in this country that we make every effort to, uh, you know, bring forth the voices and the leadership of oppressed people in all of the work that we're doing. Thank you. Ma I want to give Martin a chance to speak because he's he's here from Norway. Welcome, Martin. What if what's on your mind today? Uh, first of all, I want to thank you both for the efforts 
of both of you. And uh, thank you, Judy, for showing up here and sharing your experiences and your expertise in the area. Uh, I myself have been uh, involved. Uh, my first demonstration was as a teen uh, when Clinton came to Norway. Uh, uh -huh. And uh, the biggest demonstration I was part of was also in my early, late teens. It was the Iraq war uh, demonstration in 2003, I believe it was, uh, or 2002. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, after that, I have not been part of anything big. Like I have been participating, but I've never experienced a big participation by others. Uh, since then, I was part of uh, Occupy Edinburgh in Scotland, mm -hmm. uh, and I was the last demonstration I was in was in Stockholm in uh, in Sweden just a few months ago against uh, Sweden's uh, membership in NATO. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the last demonstration I was at there was only somewhere between two to like 200 people showed up for the speeches beforehand. And uh, during the March, we managed to gather up up to 400 people. Yeah. While we were marching, people saw us and joined in. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. I, what I've experienced since Occupy has been that we have like, I have been participating in online, uh, spreading the word online and through social media and stuff. I, I always experience a huge participation online, but yeah. actual people showing up is far fewer than the participation that you experience online. Right. How, how, have you had any of these kind of experiences and how have you uh, and your organizations dealt with that? Right. Well, um, you know, it depends on the political time. In the middle of COVID, the, the incredible, particularly in the United States, but also in other parts of the world, there were in massive, massive demonstrations. And the the uh, assassination of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and some of the other uh, Black people who were assassinated by the police set off mass, very large demonstrations. It was almost like people woke up and I'm talking about most, you know, white people, and, uh, people who are not black woke up one day and said, oh yeah, black lives matter. And we have to get out into the streets. It was like, it reminded me of that light bulb that went off in people's heads when all of a sudden it went from there being no anti-war movement against the war in Vietnam to millions of people in the streets. So, so that, and that happened during COVID that, and, and unfortunately it, for many different reasons, which we could talk about it off, offline or whatever, it, it didn't last, it could not sustain itself. Uh, and, and now we're sort of in a point where it's hard to get people out. The, the anti-war movement in this country ha is very weak right now. It's very weak because people are confused because many people have believed the hype from the Pentagon and they think that the US is actually helping the people of the Ukraine that the U.S. is actually helping uh, the people of Syria or they're helping 
the people of Taiwan and instead of seeing the US military for the role that it really plays in the world. So it's a problem. And I don't think that we maybe you'll get more people at a uh, at a Zoom meeting, although I think that there's tremendous Zoom exhaustion in the movement. People want in-person events, but they're just not, they're not coming out. And part of it is, of course, I'm, I'm sure fear of getting sick and COVID and also uncertainty. I mean, right now, I think the economic crisis that is looming over everyone's head is what people are concerned about. No matter how much the bankers say, oh, it's not really going to be a recession. It's not going to be really. It is. It's one of the biggest. It's probably the biggest economic crisis that 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 uh, people in this country have faced since the Depression. It's it's really it's going to for many, many different reasons. It's going to be something that the bankers cannot pull themselves out of. The politicians are not going to be able to pull themselves. All they can do is start, start wars and. And, and other things to sort of distract people. Uh, and also, I just will say that it, it's because the elections, too, that it's really hard to get people out. Elections are just a total damper. Everybody holds their breath and hopes that these politicians are somehow going to solve everything, even on a local level. And I could go into that as a teacher and the school board and all the, you know, the school closures that we're facing over the next year. Um, but so I don't know. I, I honestly, I mean, the numbers that you just quoted from Norway, they're good. Those are really great for anti-war protests. Uh, we're not anticipating very large crowds for these anti-war protests, not because we don't want them to be large, but it's because we're really at the beginning of rebuilding an anti-imperialist movement that will stand up to the lies, that will stand up to what Biden is, is saying that will stand up to what the, the politicians and all the all of the oh the the misinformation that is that is in the press, the State Department lies. So so I don't really know. I mean I, I, I actually think I think that the, the struggle is that there's a struggle coming that's gonna be massive and it will probably break out in terms of the incredible economy rather than the war, which doesn't mean that we can't begin to bring those uh, those struggles together. I hope that everybody who's in Oakland will come to this event on Saturday at 12 o'clock, Saturday, the 15th of October, and and show show up with yourself and and be ready to listen to some people and meet some new people that have like that are like minded. Because we need people to start talking to each people that they don't know yet. Right. And, and so can I, oh, I'm sorry. No, I just want to thank you can for your answer, Judy. And uh, I will definitely uh, look into the website and hook up with the people here in Norway who are going to demonstrate this weekend. And thank you again. Yes, in fact. I was on. I was actually on a, a, a national UNAC call a Wednesday night with. I, I'm sorry, I keep saying national, international, UNAC call because there were activists from Canada and also Norway and several other places. So there are some Norwegian. I don't remember the person who was on, uh, but there's there's a number of groups in Norway that are very involved in building the, uh, trying to build the anti-imperialist movement. That's very encouraging to hear. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Sure.
Thank you, Martin. Judy, do you want to wrap up? We've had you here for, I've taken a lot of your time and I want to give you a chance to say if there's anything I didn't ask you about or anything else you would like to add before we end. Yeah, no, I actually, I just would like to just uh, repeat the information about the demonstration this Saturday and urge people to come. We're going to be uh, having a rally and a speak out at uh, uh, this Saturday, October 15th at 12 noon at the federal building in Oakland, 1301 Clay Street. It's totally accessible by uh, BART. And I'm sure there are buses. Uh, parking is a little hard because it's a Saturday. There are, of course, lots and things like that. It'll probably go for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Uh, it's um, we. It's one of those demonstrations where everybody counts because we don't, you know, we've been trying to do outreach. And again, like I said, the anti-war movement is sort of still, it's right now in an uphill battle stage. And so if you have the time and you can come out and join us and, and get involved in the discussion, it would be absolutely fantastic. I'd love to meet you and uh, talk, talk to you, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I will be, uh, Jeff Mackler and I will be co-chairing the event, but uh, we'll certainly have time to talk to people and things like that. And if you can reach out to other people, that would be great too. Um, you can reach out to me at Judy Greenspan, one word, uh, 1952 at gmail.com if you want any uh, any of the printed information uh, about the event or you could just go to uh, unacpeace.org and you can uh, get flyers and other information about the event but I think it's it's definitely really important it's definitely uh, it's yeah I, I I don't know how to I don't know how to say it it's not Oh, someday it'll be a popular issue to be against U.S. imperialism. But right now it's an uphill struggle and I really urge you to join it because it will definitely make you stronger as an activist and make you stronger as I believe somebody who wants to save humanity. Well, what a wonderful message to leave it on. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Judy. Okay. And, you know, maybe we'll, you see you, maybe we'll see you around. And, and for folks here or listening later, um, we were going to have Jeff join us on this call um, and we couldn't get the technology coordinated. So we, we're going to try again tomorrow with Jeff, um, another special episode. Um, Jeff Mackler is co-chairing the Oakland event and um, there's a bio in and all the links that that Judy just gave are in the show notes and I also put them in the chat so Great. folks can find them really easily. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad you guys were okay. here for crowdsourcing the revolution with Judy Greenspan. Thank you everybody. Have a great day.